Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. What a privilege to be with you. Um, I'm so excited. I actually thought of, um, you know, that I, I preached the 815, uh, preached at the 815 service also, but I feel in my heart that God just want to do it a little bit different at the 1215, because none of you must feel secondhand. Is that okay? All right, for, so I will tell you where it is a little bit different. Maybe I will run through the, 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 the notes and the sermon a little bit quicker here and there because I wanted, I wanted to encourage prayer this morning. Encourage prayer and the power of prayer. Although uh, we've been asked to, to cover unanswered prayer, Anybody here who wants to receive some, <laughs> what do you call it, revelation about that? You're at the right place. But let me tell you, I can give you the word. And I can only rely on the Holy Spirit to take the word and answer your questions. All right, prayer is a key. Let me start there. Prayer is a key that unlocks doors. All right? Beginning of June, I had this, this um, encounter, this sort of, it was not a dream, it was this vision. And I saw an elderly man walking into a foyer, a big foyer with lofty ceilings, like in a church, like in the Anglican or, you know, those kind of churches, big buildings. And it was only in the foyer, and this man... He was wearing clothes like, you know, a priest or, you know, an important person. I don't know what they call them. And this guy was walking towards two big wooden doors that normally was, you know, open. And he wanted to go in, in there and go through the doors. And when he reached the doors, the doors was locked. This is what I literally saw in, my, in the vision. And this guy was standing and was pushing but this door was closed. And then he turned to a, a side door and he f- found that door also closed. When he got to the fourth door, he was very desperate and frustrated and he started to shout, Where are the keys? Where are the keys? And I want to use that as an, as an inspiration for you. When you feel you're at that place, you've prayed and prayed, but the doors remain closed. I want to tell you that does not limit the power of prayer. Because prayer is a key. Jesus said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. In Matthew 18, 16, He called Peter and he said, Upon you, the rock, I will build my church. I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you lock and whatever you unlock, 
That is through prayer that we lock and unlock. Some of you might sit here today and say, but I'm praying about this for so long. And you start to, to file this prayer in the category or in the file of unanswered. And you start making peace about it. And I want to stir that. I want to challenge that belief in you. I want to tell you, and I'm going to start with the end of my notes. So whoever is doing the slides, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I want to say to you that for me, this is, this is my understanding, this is my theology, the logic about God when it comes to prayer. There is not, and there's not supposed to be something like unanswered prayers. What? When I look at the Bible, the Bible says, To you who answer prayer, all flesh come. Yeah. Now, who is confused now? Is the Bible wrong? There may be some unattended prayers. Why is it so still? <laughs> I think I've got you. So for me, it's more important to, to live a life and to get to God's attention before we get to answers. Sometimes we are so occupied of getting our preferred answer from God that we miss the answer. All right. I'm saying these things to stir a love for prayer. All right? So let's, let's start at the beginning. <laughs> the first question is this. What about heaven are we allowed to have on earth? What is your picture of heaven? No sickness. No lack. Freedom, joy, worship, intimacy, no bondage. Now what about heaven are we allowed to have on earth if we say that this series is about living like heaven is here? If this is truly what you wanted to say and live in that understanding, in that belief that I can live here on earth as it is in heaven. What about heaven are you preparing your life and your heart to have on earth? What do you think Jesus has given us access to? At least I know that through prayer we can have access. This is why I believe it, because I, I see in the Bible that heaven is filled with prayer. Heaven is filled with prayer. I want you to picture with me. Jesus, before the Father sent him, was in heaven. They were just in, a, in, in such a unit and such a relationship with the Father and the Spirit, the three persons of the Godhead. And then one day the Father said, God, the Father said, 
I want to, I want to, I've changed my regret. I'm not going to wipe out humanity anymore. I will rather send a savior to save them. And he asked the son, and the son met. And he saved us. And then he walked among us for 33 years. The last three years was his ministry. He showed us the power of the kingdom. And then he said to, to the people, I'm going back. <laughs> Why? Why can't you stay? <laughs> what, do you want to, what are you going to do in heaven? I'm going back. But, take courage. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to be with you. And that's, then in Hebrew 7.25 we read, Jesus went back to pray. Can I read you that scripture? It's not on the slides, but can I read you this? Believing this, I'm telling you this will change your prayer life. Your perspective of Jesus' involvement in prayer. This is very important. It says, for it was indeed... No, no, no. Verse 25. Okay. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him. Since he always lives to make intercession for them. <laughs> what I wanted you to see is, when I take five minutes in the morning or in the afternoon, whenever in the day, in the night, when I commit and when I, when I, when I bow to Jesus and his Lordship and start praying, what I want you to see is I'm joining Jesus in prayer. I'm joining Jesus. Romans 8.26 says we don't know what to pray or how to pray. But be encouraged that God has given His Holy Spirit to help us to pray. Why are we not praying? We have Jesus on our side. We have the Holy Spirit on our side. Why are we so easily empowered by circumstances? And the things of this world. And the, 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 the things that the devil brings to us. Why? Why are we so powerless? We have two-thirds of the Godhead on our side. We can just tap in and start praying with Him. Imagine. God, change your prayer life in such a way with next time when temptation comes. You said, you can come. You see. You can see who is behind me. Oh, there's Jesus, the one who paid the full price. This condemnation has no entrance. Because he is already declared righteous before the Father. And that one is not passive. He is praying for, for me to understand my full inheritance in Christ. And then the Holy Spirit comes and says, I will back that. I will empower that. And suddenly, we become a powerful force that can pray. Now I'm in trouble. Okay, I just wanted to share that. So here's the thing. If you want to have a spiritual awakening, if you want to have a revival, it is documented. You can go and Google and try and do a search and find any revival that started without prayer. You won't get one. 
whole revival started after dedicated people began to pray with specific focus. That was a good place for you to shout Amen. <laughs> okay, Dr. A.T. Pearson said, there was, has never been a spiritual awakening in any country or locality that did not begin in united prayer. Even the first church plant in the Bible started after prayer. Ten days, 120 people in one room. I think after a few days there was some smell. <laughs> I think there was some tension, relational tensions, and because, you know, definitely there was someone who was snoring. Oh. <laughs> no, no, you, you, you can hear me. And here is the thing. Jesus sent them there and said, wait. But he didn't give them a time. They were willing and prepared to wait for the promise. And how did they wait? Prayerfully. 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 Father, we press deeper. Father, we trust. We know that when you said, when you gave a promise, you are faithful to your promise. You will see it. Can you, can, can you see the heart behind it? Okay, let me run quickly. Some of you might not know, but I quickly wanted to tell you about Chantal. You know Chantal? Chantal's dream that inspired this sermon. She, she had this dream of surrounding, walking around this uh, church building. And she saw that this church is under reno, uh, renovation, this building. But no area was untouched. And the only place that was described in, de in detail was the prayer room. And the chairs in the prayer, prayer room, when they got there, she saw that the chairs was lazy boy, chairs was comfortable footrests. Arranged around the perimeter of the room, facing the center, and a lot of vacant space was left in the middle. The people seated in the room were in a relaxed mood. And there was lots of joking and socializing going on. A chill vibe. Almost as if it was a break room rather than a prayer room. She said quietly to the leaders, the chairs are all wrong for this room. We have to tear it out and put a different seating in so that we can have more people. And then the senior leader said to the people, we're going to change the prayer room. I'm telling you in this church, I can with all confidence say that you have a senior leader who said, we're going to change prayer. Are you part of it? Are you part of it? I'm seeing Pastor Sai and Pastor Lindy every morning on the prayer line. While some parents are telling me it's an uncomfortable time, I'm glad it's uncomfortable. It's not uncomfortable for them. They've decided we're going to change the chairs. We're going to change the rooms. So this dream made me, made me think about the story in Second Chronicles of King Solomon after he finished 
the building of the Lord's house and his own house. And I want to read there. And Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house. You can see there's two different houses. We have a responsibility to work at the house of the Lord, to serve. But as a king and a priest, whom we all are, kings, priests, prophets, what have you done for the house of the Lord? But what have you done for your own house also? Concerning prayer. All right. And all, um, all that Solomon had planned to do in the house of the Lord and in his own house, he successfully accomplished. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, I've heard your prayer, and I've chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. <laughs> I've heard your prayer, and I've chosen this place for myself. Wow. So it's no longer my house. It's God's house. It's a place of sacrifice. And then it says, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. And here is the, here is the, the promise. And I, I, I tend to put in a but <laughs> in front of that next sentence. But it's as if God is anticipating, withholding His intervention, His wrath from us on this condition. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. You want to be healed? You want to be restored? You want to go deeper with God? You want to experience more of God? There is the key. It's not going to come without sacrifice. Now my eyes will be open. <laughs> Suddenly, if we obeyed the command or the condition, prepared the condition, suddenly we, we get a different posture, a different approach from God. Imagine. God is saying, listen, I'm inviting you to a time. I will open my eyes. I will make my ears attentive to your prayers that you made in this place. For now I've chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my, and my heart will be there at all times. Wow, what a presence. You want more of God's presence in your life? You want to be fit like Tian? Run his, his course, do his exercise, and you will become like. I was looking at me, said, yeah, Tian, I don't know how old you are. Are you younger than me? Oh, no, then you chicken. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> but if you, if you want to look at him, you have to attend to his program. If we want to have more of God in our lives, we have to attend to his rules and his program. If my people, if my people, 
We need to answer the question of unanswered prayer. Well, let me tell you. The answer to unanswered prayer is if my people. God is never wrong about his word. The problem is always with his people, not with God. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to the prayer room. I wanted to, to suggest that the prayer room in the dream is the heart of the church. All right? Why the heart? Why is the heart so important? The heart is a personal and private place. It is, it is hidden so that only God can work with it. Imagine all the motivations of our heart. All the selfish thoughts of our heart was written here. And everybody can see what is happening in our hearts. Imagine how embarrassing that would be. But God is keeping it. As a secret place where he can work in us. So the thing about the heart is this. He, Jesus is saying, for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. So in, in, in a different way of saying that principle, it is what is in your heart is the things that you treasure. Do you really treasure prayer? Or are you just running through the program? Is prayer more? than an event, than an activity for you. Is prayer a relationship, as Pastor Eric said in the previous sermon? Is prayer for you about relationship? All right? We'll get to some more stuff about that. Let's look at the next verse. In the heart. Jeremiah 17, uh, verse 9 says that, uh, verse 9 is not, they said that the heart is the most deceitful place. The heart. So God, we need to start with the heart. When the heart is sick, the whole body is affected. Alright? But when the heart is healthy, the whole body will be healthy. Okay, you agree with that? Let's look at verse, verse 1. The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron, with a point of diamond. It is engraved on the tablet of the heart and on the horns of the altars. Can you see that? Did I say tablet? It was a yeah, tablet of your heart. Can you see that sin to affect everything in our lives? To affect us personally, our devotion, the tablet of your heart? But it also affects our worship, yeah. our altars, what we are willing to sacrifice. Maybe your struggle with having the house of the Lord as a sacrifice, your own, your own body, your own personal life, as a temple of Maybe your struggle with this, uh, it's uncomfortable, it's a struggle, it's a sacrifice. The sacrifice is big. Maybe <laughs> that is the issue. Because our heart affects our worship. But let's go to verse 7. It says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. I want to, to, you to see that there is two aspects of, of trust here. Firstly, it says, Blessed is the man, just go back to the scripture, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. I believe everybody here is trusting the Lord at least for something. But, whose trust is the Lord? There's a difference. 
to put our trust in the Lord than to make the Lord our trust. And here's the truth. Now you can put up the next slide. When we put our trust in, the, in God, we apply faith. But when, we, when the Lord becomes our trust, we apply surrender. Yeah, that's and that's the difference. The devil can mess with our faith and our offering, telling us you haven't prayed enough. You haven't read your Bible. You haven't given time to the Lord. How will God answer your prayers? But the devil can't do anything with surrender. He couldn't stop Jesus surrendering. So this is where we have to grow to understand prayer. Don't just come into God and say, God, I trust you for that. I put my trust in you for this healing. I put my trust in you for this. We have to get to a place where the Lord become our trust. And we surrender to his outcome. All right? Are you still here? Okay. You understand why the heart is, has to change? Because when lordship is in place, we will have an effective, fruitful prayer life. I want you to see, and you can go and you can study that verse again quickly. Let me just summarize this. I want you to see that in that piece of scripture, there's, there's basically three progressive stages. In the house of God. It first was a house of sacrifice. Then it became a house of prayer. And then it changed into a house of permanent presence and glory. And this, these are the steps. And whom of you don't... Is there anybody here who don't want the glory of God? Whom of you want the glory of God? Now you don't put up your hands. What, what, what do you want? There's only two options. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. We won't get to the glory without starting with a sacrifice. Because the house belongs to God. God can set up the rules. I've consecrated this house as a house of sacrifice. If my people start praying, house of prayer, then I will be with you. My heart, my eyes, my presence will be there. We will have more of God's glory. That was another good place to shout amen. amen. <laughs> All right. The dream also made me think about another temple under reservation. In Matthew 21, let's read. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple, and he overturned the tables of the money changers, all the seats, again, seats, of those who sold pigeons, and said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you made it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came in to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Next slide. And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said, Yes, yes, <laughs> I know. Have you not read? Oh, so it's not God that is supposed to be surprised about this happening. It is you. Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise. 
leaving that place to the city of Bethany and lodged there. The house that Jesus was carried zeal for was not ready for him to stay. He had to leave and find another place. And if you study that, the, the Bethany is actually a place where the people, where the shepherds stays and where they sleep in the field and not in, in houses. Wow. How is your house for, for Jesus? Will he remain with you? Will he stay with you? Or is your house not in order? You will find four things there. First of all, when he drove out those scribes, it became a house of purity. It went to a house of prayer, to a house of power, and end with a house of praise. Again, progressive steps. We can't have it the wrong way. The sad part in the scripture is that these words, but you made it a den of robbers. So a good question to ask for ourselves is, what is robbing me? What is robbing me? What have I allowed in my belief system about prayer and about God and about answer and prayer? That is robbing me. I surrender that to Jesus. Say, Jesus, come and remove it. I want to specifically trust the Lord that the Holy Spirit as I continue. I saw this, you know, when we turn on the, the volume of a radio, like that, that God will change your perspective about having faith in prayer. Because there's this, this gray area. I, I, you know, yes, 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 God is answering. No, no, no. But this is, I don't know where is God in this. I trust that God will give you clarity about it. But we have to, look at the next slide. We have to understand that He changed a den of robbers to a house of purity and purpose. Remember the, the prayer room? The only change was in the prayer room where he changed the prayer room from comfort to purpose. That was in the dream. From comfort to purpose. The house of prayerlessness to a house of prayer. A house of powerlessness to a house of miracles and power. A house of silent rituals to a house of praise and glory. The church don't have to be silent. We have to hear testimonies every minute, every hour, every day about God's goodness in our lives. Because the more testimonies about God answering prayer will limit our confusion about unanswered prayer. You hear me? And the more testimonies we get... It will build our faith to trust God for more. Hallelujah. I'm excited about that principle. It can work for me. Amen. So this is what I've learned from Pastor Eric Bapatel. 
The principles of prayer can be taught, but the spirit of prayer can only be caught in participation. I can give you a lot of information. You can buy the book. Tian, please, please give me the book. I want to use it <laughs> later on. You can go and buy the book. We actually are asked to, to preach from the book, but you know why, why I wrote the book? Why we wrote the book is so that you can buy it. That I don't have to preach it all over. But I, you can download it. You can download courses on prayer. You can get articles. You can get blogs. You can get webinars and all kind of nars. I don't know what they're, they're up to. But unless you start praying, unless you start giving yourself and participate in prayer, it will not change in your heart. It's not about the info. It's about the spirit of prayer. All right. So prayer is a pivot. It serves us like a mother figure in the house. It's a pivot of everything in life. Take out a mother in the house and you will see how dear Makar it will be. <laughs> hey, you agree? Where's the man? All right. And take out prayer in our lives. Everything will be, just be a mess. The mother gives birth. The mother prepares the table. The mother, mother clothes us. Prayer will do the same to you. Prayer is not an emergency wheel. It's a steering wheel. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Read the following. I'm not, I don't have time to tell you the story. Prayer is the execution of heaven's authority and the institution of divine order. Now that is a sermon on its own. It's the execution of heaven's authority and the institution of divine order. When you Google the word miracle, who can tell me what will Google say about that? It's a divine intervention in earthly matters. What is your problem? What is your need? What is the one thing that you trusted the Lord for? And until today, it, you didn't receive a breakthrough in it. When we pray, we will prepare our hearts. And, and, and we, before we put it out as unanswered, unattended, no, God is not faithful to His Word. Before we do that, we need to pray and say, God, come and intervene in earthly matters. Whom of you like rugby? Anybody? Okay. Thank you, Caroline. You like rugby. Whom of you have seen Brian Banner intercepting a ball? Oh, John de Villiers for Afrikaans, guys. But let's go with Brian Abana. You know who he Brian Abana was? Okay, all right. The whole, the whole intensity of the game went against the Springboks. And they came close to the, the score line. And we are sitting there. Oh no, they mustn't score again. And then suddenly, this guy came and he intercepted the ball and he turned it around. That's prayer. That is how God intervened when we pray. 
He will turn it around. He will turn a lose into a win. That's the power of prayer. That's the power of prayer. Prayer is not work, it's breathing. Prayer is not work, it's breathing. And it comes from an intimate relationship with God. Tian, when you go to Port Elizabeth for a scout, or where are you going? You're going for Port Elizabeth. And Natasha is going to stay behind. No. Okay. okay, but let's, let, let's play. Play with me. <laughs> okay, Natasha, you're going to stay around. You stay behind. Okay, for a while. Okay, and he's moving. Will you suddenly be unmarried? Because of distance? Okay. So I say prayer is not a work, it's breathing. The relationship remains. Wherever we are. As they are still married, we are still connected to God. If by accident I sleep late... And I don't have time to pray this morning or in the morning. And we feel guilty. At six o'clock we haven't prayed because the devil is knocking at our door and says, Ha, ah, you're a failure. You haven't prayed. You've missed the prayer meeting this morning. Hmm. You know we have 24 hours to pray. It's not something. We are not in rituals. We are in relationship. One thing about COVID that was very nice, that I really enjoyed, is wearing the mask. Because then I can walk in the mall and I can... And nobody who sees me will, will think this guy, he's mad. <laughs> Prayer is breathing. Oh, my time. All right. Okay, let's, let, let's end with this, with this, with a few slides. I will, I will not run over the ministry time, Tian. I will, I will honor, stay in honor. Answering the questions of, of unanswered prayers, here's what I want to start with. God said to me, in my preparation, we have to agree that the Bible is the ultimate answer to all our questions. If we don't have a standard to measure it towards, we will never be satisfied. Okay? We must realize to have a conviction that God is calling His people back to a lifestyle of reprioritizing prayer. That is the answer to our unanswered prayers. Many times our prayers are not answered because God wants us to pray. Many times the answer to our unanswered prayers is to pray. <laughs> Just continue praying. Because you see, we can become so occupied with what we want God to answer that we miss the answer. We should focus more on getting God's attention than just getting God's answers. Or our answers. What is the number one hindrance in prayer, that might have an, an influence on, on our prayers, it's pride. Pride is the number one hindrance and enemy of deception towards an effective prayer life. But you know what? I have good news. 
that prayer is the number one solution to pride. Pride is really an obstacle. It's really a bad thing. But you know what? There's only one thing that can solve or take out pride, and that is prayer. Pride is the root of all sin, and prayer is the solution to all pride. What? Prayer is not that difficult. Jesus said, ask, seek, knock. I've learned that every time that I look into the mirror of self-achievement and self-effort, I'm introduced to pride. And that's the problem. That pride invades our hearts. And it bounds. It hinders us from the answers that God wants to give us. So here is my theology in conclusion about prayer. For me, this is me personally, you can quote me, but don't know. I believe there is not such a thing as, not supposed to be such a thing as unanswered prayers in the life of Christians. And here is why I say it. Because the way God answers us is exactly the same way we manage traffic. That is with the robots. Is no an answer? <laughs> so, if, we, if God gives us a red light, say, don't go there. No, it's unanswered. My prayer is unanswered. <laughs> so God answered our prayers with a red, a, a yellow or an amber or a green. So the only thing that I find in the scripture is not unanswered prayers. It may be unattended prayers. Because of heart issues. Maybe some of our prayers are just in the waiting room. Not waiting for God to answer, waiting for us to change. So that God can bring the answer. So that's my theology. What is yours? <laughs> I don't see in the Bible. I don't have any other norm than the Bible. So there's a few scriptures that I wanted to read, but I want to end off in a different way. Just because you are special. You, waited, you people waited till lunch. <laughs> you are so special. I need to give you some pudding. Is this your book? Yeah, okay. I want, you to, I want to read to you one lengthy paragraph about prayer. And I must tell you that this, these words, one morning while I was busy writing, I woke up with an encounter. I went to the computer and I started typing whatever I hear. I'm an Afrikaans guy. I'm a Burki. English is my third language. <laughs> Afrikaans is first and speaking in tongues is second. <laughs> and this is what I got from the Holy Spirit. 
So what I'm going to read, you will, you will hear some very difficult words. I hope I pronounced it correctly. But I can tell you, I was, I was typing, and then I was looking. Ooh, how many of them will be underlined red? What? It's not underlined red. Okay, let's, let's go and find what this word means. Did you really? Fasten your seatbelts. Believe in prayer. This is what prayer can do. So this is a comparing prayer with natural elements in nature. You know, nothing can stop prayer. Listen. Holy Spirit-empowered prayer is a mighty weapon given to God's people on earth. It is embedded in the character and will of God Almighty and the good news of Jesus Christ brought to this world. Comparing its effectiveness to some elements in creation. Listen now. It is like an unstoppable wildfire. Irresistible as a water flood. Irreversible as a mighty storm. Incomprehensible like a radiance of sun. Incensant like monsoon rain. Indelayable like birth. Indescribable like the eagle's flight. Unbound in freedom. As powerful as an earthquake. As invincible as the flash of thunder. Ungovernable by any structure. Unregulated by any border. Stronger than a fortified iron barred prison door. <laughs> Hallelujah. As contagious as a pandemic, entering every place, challenging everything, piercing anything, and in the end, victoriously in ability, immovable by any force, untouchable by any impossibility. I like that. Untouchable by any impossibility. Undeniable like truth and immeasurable by any margin. Holy Spirit-empowered prayer. Is the almighty voice of God in action. The almighty voice of God in action. I want you to stand and I want us to pray today for people. In the first service we prayed for ourselves. I want to you to, if there's anybody who wants to come to the front... You can say with confidence, there's things in my life that I'm trusting God. And I know it's in the waiting room. I know it's in the waiting room. Maybe it's a healing. Maybe it's a breakthrough. Maybe you are trusting the Lord for a, a husband or a wife. Maybe you're trusting the Lord for new work. Whatever. I want you to come and with a surrendered heart. To say, Jesus... I'm bringing this to you. We're going to pray and trust the Lord for a divine intervention in earthly matters. So let's all just start praying in tongues out loud. Unmute, please. And give people the opportunity to come to the front. I want us to lay hands on people today. If you are desperate, if you are saying, Lord, Lord, 
intervene in my situation, intervene in my circumstance today, Lord. I'm asking you, I'm giving you the privilege of fulfilling your promise in my life. Call on God. He says, call. He says, knock, seek, and ask. That's what we have to do. Knock, seek, and ask. Touch them, Lord. Touch them in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Divine, divine intervention, Lord. In earthly matters, Lord. I pray right now, God, right now, hear the call, hear them asking, yes. hear them knocking, Lord, open, unlock the doors in the name of Jesus. Unlock these doors, Lord, unlock these doors. You need to call on God's name. You need to run to Him. Unlock it, Lord, unlock it, unlock it. Yes, yes, bring the breakthrough, Jesus. Bring the breakthrough. Bring the breakthrough, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Call them deeper. Take them deeper, Lord. Just take them deeper. Oh, oh, oh. there's a very strong anointing on your life. Oh, it's a very strong anointing of prophetic on your life. Yes, Lord. Just, Lord, lead her in. Lead her deeper. Lead her deeper, Lord. Deeper with you. Just Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We pray for this breakthrough. We pray for this breakthrough. We pray for this breakthrough. Yes, yes, Lord. We pray for this breakthrough. Yes, God. Let it come. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Bring it. Bring it right now, God. Bring it right now. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it right now. Bring it right now. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Just call and say, come, Holy Spirit. Oh, are you involved in prayer ministry? Are you involved in prayer ministry? No, but I love to pray. You, you involved in the worship? Yeah. 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 All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is opening doors for you. I don't know what kind of doors, but God says the doors are open. The doors are open. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's a special anointing on you too as a couple to bring restoration. You know it? Okay. God is calling you to bring restoration. All right? Seek Him for answers. Seek Him for strategy. God is saying, I've called you to bring restoration. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're another prophet. Another prophet. Are you involved in prophecy? Yes, this is another confirmation that God is going to take you deep in prophecy. Paul Abarandada, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Touch them, Lord. Touch them. Touch them. Touch them. Are you involved in youth ministry? You're not involved? No. Okay, see God's face about it. I believe God is saying that He, he, will, he wants to use you in youth and youth ministry, young people. Just ask Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I want to I wanna open her heart for you. Oh, Lord, for more of you. Thank you, Jesus. While we can pray, I want all of us, I've asked Tia and um, Natasha, 
that we as church pray for. Where's your son now? Is he, has he left? Yeah. Okay, he's coming. I want us to pray for him. Matthew. Matthew, please. It was not by purpose that I passed you. <laughs> all right. Can we all just start praying in tongues? You know, they have been prayed, a lot of people have been prayed for him. If I was he, at this stage, I would have been disappointed. I would have been at a place where I say, God, maybe you don't want to hear me. But today we want to add, we want to encourage, we want to pray, and we want to speak to his spirit. Yes. We want to say to his heart, take courage yes. in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for a miracle. You are the God of miracles, and we believe it, Lord. Yes, Lord, it is, it is that we believe that you can do it, and that we believe you are busy with it, Lord. But we ask you, we place a demand on the cross and the covenant of Jesus to touch his eyes. In Jesus' name. Lord, we want to bring down strongholds. We want to bring down lofty opinions in the name of Jesus. Even what the doctors said, Lord. We want to bring it down. We want to submit it under the name of Jesus, under the power of the blood, and under the word of God. And Lord, I pray for Matthew that faith will arise. More faith, Lord. More faith. More faith. I want to pray for Tim and Natasha, Lord. I want to pray for them in the name of Jesus, Lord. I pray that, 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 that none, no one involved in this will ever believe a lie. Jesus, because you said when the Son has set you free, the truth becomes a person. Lord, I pray that the truth of Matthew's healing, of the promises of God in the covenant, will become personal. In the name of Jesus. In the name of... Let's all just raise our hands. Just praise. Just unmute. Just pray. Just pray. Start praising God. Praising God. Lord, I pray that any, any impurity will, be va will vanish. That prayer and power will return to this house in the name of Jesus. That testimony will come. That praise will come in the name of Jesus. And we thank you. We are looking forward, Lord. I can just imagine how much glory you can get from this miracle. I can just imagine... I can just imagine how the angels will rejoice and giving you more praise and more worship because of your deeds. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.